So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Common Sea Inspirations production, being produced here at our Common Sea studio here in Ada. And it's the 4th of October. It's the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is John Keeley, and I'm going to produce the programme this morning. Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good, thank you very much indeed for this, the start of October. Yeah, where did it go? Oh, I don't know. But anyway, we welcome especially those listeners, as usual, who are housebound, those people who are lonely and struggling in some way today and these days, these days of restrictions and these days of trying to take care of ourselves. And especially those listeners who support us each week in prayer. We meet a lot of them around the Newcastle West area during the week, and thank you so much for your comments in regard to the programme. We appreciate your prayers and thank you so much. This programme, of course, is broadcast on West Limit 102 at 10am uh, and Sunday mornings. Of course, the 10am slot is devoted to Mass from Abbeyfield Parish here in West Limit, and we thank Father Tony Mullins and the parishioners for sharing that Mass with us. And also at 11pm each Sunday night, where our regular, this particular recording of our Sacred Space programme is uh, broadcast on West Limit 102. And also this and other programmes that we record are available on our Come and See Inspirations podcast page. Just come and, just Google Come and See Inspirations and you'll find us there. It'll also be heard on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts and other platforms. You can contact us if you wish, and we do like it to contact. If you could, uh, please do so by texting us at 87 6088 That's 087-6088-667. Or email, at com. Now, this is the part of the programme we've all been eagerly waiting to see. Where in the world is Shane going to take us in terms of Saints for the Week? Shane, where do you want to start this week? Okay. Um, so, as John said... We are on the 4th of October, which is the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. For those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week three. So, celestial odds and ends for this week. Oddly enough, um, because today is a Sunday, we're not actually celebrating the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi this year, because, of course, the Sunday takes precedence. But obviously, yesterday's news with Pope Francis signing the new encyclical at Assisi, um, which had much inspiration uh, from St. Francis and the Franciscans. And we will deal with that another day on the programme. We're going to have, uh, hopefully, Father Raymond Conway on to discuss it with us. Uh, Monday, the 5th of October, is the feast day for those who are devotees of the, the, of the Divine Mercy. It's a big day, of course, because, of course, it is the feast day of St. Faustina uh, Kowalska. I think that's how you pronounce the woman's name. Polish <coughs> saint... And, of course, the seer of the Divine Mercy, the woman who received the, the, the messages and, uh, pr- and promoted the, 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 the devotion to the Divine Mercy. Polish saint and obviously canonized by John Paul II. After much turbulence, her, her road to canonization was stops and starts along the way, including a period of time where she her teachings were actually banned by the church. On Tuesday, the 6th of October, we have the feast day of St. Bruno. Bruno is um, born in Cologne in 1033. He was a professor of theology in Reims University. And, uh, but he had a desire to found a monastery, which he did at, Chatru- at La Grande Chatreuse in France, where he died in 1101. Now, the interesting thing about Bruno is he is the founder of the Cartusians, also known as the Order of the Cartusians. They're an enclosed religious order and they're known sometimes as the Marines of the religious life. Like if you're a Cartusian, this is serious hardcore, John. 
uh, like in terms of fasting, prayer, living on your own, don't seeing anyone, all the rest of it. It's this. It's uh, kind of, you know, real hardcore stuff. There are only 23 charter houses or monasteries in the world for the Cartesian order. Uh, and obviously, if people remember a couple of years ago, there was a film out called if I of I'll think of it in a minute now. Uh, if people remember the film a couple of years ago, Integrate Silence, um, it was basically um, a 2005 documentary film about uh, life in the Grand Chartreuse in the French Alps. And it was, uh, it, it took your man, I think it took him six months to film it. Um, to, and he basically filmed, you know, and it's a silence. There's no, there's no, there's no conversation. There's no dialogue in the film. I think there was something like that on the BBC, wasn't there? Somebody there recently, they, they went into a monastery and just followed something in mm-hmm. silence. Similar, similar idea that came from there. Yeah. So that's Bruno. So he founded them and his feast day is on the 6th of October. Then on the 7th of October, we have the feast day of Our Lady of the Rosary. Now, this is obviously is dedicated because, of course, October is the month of the Holy Rosary, dedicated to the promotion and devotion of the Holy Rosary. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the feast day itself has gone through a number of iterations. Um, it started out as Our Lady of Victories because Our Lady was invoked for her intercession for success in the Battle of Lepanto in 1571, where there was a huge battle in... Uh, around Naples, I think. The Gulf of Patras in western Greece... And there was a fight between European forces and the Ottoman Empire. And victory was achieved by the European forces. And it was dedicated to Our Lady at the time. She was known as Our Lady of the Victories. Over Then over the years, the, the feast day has moved around and back and forth and all the rest of it. And then finally, uh, Paul VI put it on its current date, which is October the 7th, and gave it its current title, which is Our Lady of the Rosary. <clears throat> then October the 8th is the feast day of St. Peter of Seville. All I can tell you about Peter of Seville is that he's a martyr. Alas, that's all we know this morning. Uh, Friday the 9th of, um, of, of October is the feast day. It's a, it's a big feast day in France. It's the feast day of St. Denis of Paris. Um, St. It's, Denis it's is one of, the, one of the first patron saints of France. And the famous thing about him is he and his companions suffered uh, martyrdom and were thrown into the Seine around 258 AD and were very la- and later were buried at Montmartre. And there was, there's a big, huge abbey church of Saint-Denis where the kings of France used to be buried. Um, and he, as I said, Denis is one of the patrons of France. The other big saint that's celebrated on the 9th of October, of course, is St. John Henry Newman, <clears throat> canonised in recent years. Associated between Ireland, of course, and the UK, uh, Henry Newman very much associated with um, uh, beatified by Benedict XVI in in two thousand and ten, and canonized by Pope Francis in two thousand nineteen. Uh, the date, actually, the 9th of October, it's an unusual one for a saint's feast day. It's actually the date of his reception into the Catholic Church, because of course he is a man that was born Anglican. And um, he was very much associated with the formation of the Catholic University in Ireland, which has subsequently gone on to be UCD. And eventually then that didn't quite work out. And he moved back to the UK and became uh, and, and uh, set up and was involved with the oratory in uh, Birmingham. So that's John Henry Newman, who we celebrate also on the 9th of October. And finally, <clears throat> the next Saturday... Uh, it's the feast day of St. David Camboni. David Camboni is an Italian saint, very much associated, of course, with the Camboni Fathers who bear his name and their missionary congregation, particularly uh, in Eastern Africa, 
involved in the missions and the evangelization of that part of the world. So that's what we have, John, in terms of Saints of the Week. Now, as it is the start of the month, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a frog in my throat this morning. As it is the start of the month, we also, of course, remember the Pope's intentions for uh, prayer intentions. So the prayer intentions for October is that um, the la- it, it, it's a reflection on the laity's mission in the church. And we, the Pope's intention is that we pray by the virtue of baptism, the laity may, especially women, may participate more in areas of responsibility in the church. So that's the Pope's prayer intention for the month of October. So that's what we have at the minute, John. And thanks a lot for that. So now at this stage we might pray our spiritual communion prayer. And this, of course, is for those, most of us, who can't get to Mass today uh, and would very much like to receive Jesus in Holy Communion. And this is the prayer we pray. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I myself holy to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Now we might go for our first bit of music this morning. The reason why I picked this piece of music is because I just bounced someone off Shane there a few days ago. Well, actually, it wasn't a few days ago. It was probably 24 hours ago. And said, you know, it'd be a great idea, Shane, if you could give us a lovely little reflection on angels and guardian angels and all that. And, and, and Shane, very nicely, a typical Shane, you know, for the programme. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. So Shane, for the last 24 hours, has been finding all this information for us on angels and guardian angels. That's going to be in part two. So in preparation for that, we're going to play a little bit of music this morning by Liam Lawton called The Voice of an Angel. And welcome back to part two of the program. And that piece of music that just brought us back was Guardian Angel from Heaven So Bright. So welcome back. My name is Shane Ambrose. Welcome back to Sacred Space 102. We'll come and see production here for West Limerick 102. And as John said at the top of the program, (laughs) we're going to have a slightly... uh, how will I put it? A slightly la- less less intense program, particularly after the last couple of weeks. We did some very heavy Ooh. stuff over the last couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, so during the week, um, John suggested that we might do a program on angels. Now, the reason that idea struck my glorious editor <laughs> sitting in the corner seat mm. is, of course, because the 29th, the 29th of September is the feast day of the archangels, Michael, Gabriel and uh, Raphael. And of course, then yesterday, or the, it was the 3rd of October, which is the feast day of the guardian angels. So, of course, the question came up was, well, John, in his usual way, says, well, Shane, what's an angel? And it's kind of gone, right, okay, what exactly am I supposed to do with this? And who are the angels? And what is it all about? And it's an interesting one, actually. So I was very busy Googling to see what the things are. And it's actually, it's amazing if you put an angel into Google to see what comes up, because it's actually a massive topic on the internet. Uh, which I hadn't realised. But of course, when we're talking about angels this morning, we're obviously looking at very much from a Christian tradition point of view. Uh, Because angels, well, first of all, they're not unique. The concept of angels is not unique to Christianity. Uh, They're in Judaism, they're in Islam, they're in quite a lot of other religions as well. And of course, at the the present time, they are a huge thing within the New Age um, community and those that um, follow that particular line of belief and expression of thought. So, but we're talking about this morning, particularly from the version, from the point of view of where it stands in the Christian, in Christian 
from the Christian point of view. And I suppose it's it's also one of those things kind of when we're kids, we think about the angels and they're cute and they're fluffy and they've got wings and all the rest of it. We have no idea really what the angels look like. Um, we're kind of going, well, what's the evidence for them there? Well, I suppose there's different ways of approaching it. Um, I suppose if we look at it purely from a scriptural point of view, there was quite a lot of interaction with the angels in the Old Testament. So just just different examples. You had the angel that blocked the gate to Garden of Eden just at the start. You had the three angels that visit Abraham. Mm-hmm. You had Jacob fighting with the angel and damaging his hip. You had then uh, the angels that were in the book of Daniel. Tob- Tobit, yeah. You have Raphael mm-hmm. going with Tobit. And and of course, obviously, during Exodus, you had the angel that what was to the front and to the rear of the host of Israel as it moved through the through the desert. So very much, I suppose you could say uh, an account of of the relationship that we've had or that is there in terms of the relationship. And of course, very much appear as well in the Psalms. For us as Christians as well, of course, they're quite evident throughout the New Testament as well. So obviously the most obvious one that leaps to most people's mind when you think of the New Testament is obviously going to be Gabriel, as mm-hmm. he appears mm-hmm. predominantly mm-hmm. in the Gospel of mm-hmm. St. Luke, because he is the messenger of the Annunciation, informing Mary that she is to be the mother of God. Uh, but then the next section where you come across them and they're everywhere in it is the book of Revelation. So that's that last book of the Bible, sometimes called the book of the apocalypse, attributed to St. John. Now, I have to put my hands up, John. It's not a book that I am. Um, how shall I put this? I'm not very familiar with because mm-hmm. it's a book that requires a certain degree of nuance to yeah. be able to read it. Mm-hmm. It's a book that's poetical and mystical. Mm-hmm. It's very much written, very much written in in a metaphorical sense, although some people would try to convince you that, you know, you read it as it is. That's that's not how the church understands it. Uh, it's it's um, it's coming from a tradition of understanding persecution and the role and relationship of God protecting and serving um his community and his people on earth and also as as we understand in terms of the last things but it's replete with of course references to angels and the root and the role of angels in it and in particular of course that's where we come across michael because of course he is the the leader of the heavenly hosts and he's account he's recorded in the in in the book a uh, book of revelation so you have raphael and in the book of Tobit, mm-hmm. you have Gabriel in the Gospel of St. Luke, and you have Michael very much mentioned in the uh, the book of Revelation. So that's where we get the three archangels from. Mm. Now, what, is, what are we talking about in terms of angels, archangels, all the rest yeah. of it? So this is an interesting one. So I actually discovered during the week that when you talk about angel, what you're actually talking about is you're actually talking about a messenger of God. That's how it's understood in terms of Mm. Christian theology. So we understand that they are messengers of God, but an angel is a person who is a messenger. It's a task. It's a role that they do as opposed to what, who or what they are. Okay. So it's like saying um, it's... it's the job that they do, if you like, in another sense. So very much, of course, um, the the understanding of the, the different names and tradition that we give to angels. There's actually nine. You hear the conversation, the choirs of angels, and very much oh, yeah. associated, of course, with that great thing from the Christmas story 
uh, you know, the, uh, the shepherds suddenly heard the choirs of angels singing glory to God in the highest. Mm-hmm. And of course, that 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 whole idea, because that's one of the things that the angels can do. They look upon the face of God. Mm-hmm. They can see the face of God. They're beings of spirit. And that sometimes he gives them rules and tasks. And that's what they have to do. But in terms of kind of the names, it's interesting when you go back into it, you know, back in the fifth century. Uh, you had a guy called Pseudo Dionysus the Aeropagite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know him, John. He was down yeah. at the pub the other night. Yeah, the man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he wrote a book called De, Calisti- De Celestia Hierarchia, which is translates as On the Celestial Hierarchy. So the man wrote a book looking and trying to understand all these things. And people say, well, why on earth would you do something like that? Mm-hmm. And I okay. suppose the whole thing was it's theologies for the greater glory and understanding of our relationship with God. But he came up, anyway, he's the one that came up with the angelic choirs. So do you know sometimes during Mass, um, John, particularly around in the Eucharistic prayer when we come to the Holy Holy, the yes, Sanctus? Yeah, yeah. So the Holy Holy is the understanding is it's joining in the great hymn of praise mm. that the angels are offering to God in in, in heaven. And sometimes we'll have, you'll hear, you know, we join with the angels, the archangels, dominions and principalities and all of that. Yes. So the name, so the names that are used for the, for the, for the order of the angels is the angels and archangels. Then you've principalities and powers, virtues and dominions, thrones, cherubims and seraphims. And the idea is each of those does a particular task in praising God and communicating between us and the divine. So, <laughs> come on, okay, okay, come on, come on. We have, you know, I have, a, I, so there's more than my guardian angel. Right? Yes, anyway, no, we okay. haven't got to the guardian angel no, yet. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm heading, I'm heading no, towards no, them. No. I'm heading towards them. Now, it's just, it's an interesting one to just to put it out there because there was, um, there, there was a book, there was an article we came across actually recently, which was an interview with a guy, and his name, if I can put it up here in front of me is Father Sergei Thomas Bonino, and he's the Secretary of the International Theological Commission, and he's the Dean of the Faculty of Philosophy at the Pontifical University of St. Thomas Aquinas in Rome. Good job. Yeah, exactly. So basically what that breaks down is he's a Dominican. Okay. Right? Because he's lecturing in the University of St. Thomas Aquinas in Rome, and he's a member of the International Theological Commission. So this is the bunch of theologians that advise the Pope. Okay. So, right. you know, he's, you know, he's, he's an important kind of okay. guy. Okay. And he recently wrote a book, actually, about Angels and Demons, a Catholic introduction, because he was making the point that, you know, <clears throat> they're, they're not central to Christianity. As you know, at the end of the day, the central thing to Christianity is the relationship we have with God and that of Christ. Uh, but their existence is a fact that scripture and tradition have always testified to. And then, so it's 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 not something that you must have a huge defined refi- defined belief in, but it's something that's part of the faith as well, which is something I suppose for us to remember. But I suppose the thing about it to be careful about is that when we're talking about it in the modern world, we need to very much be careful about the context because the understanding of it has changed yeah. um, so much in the con- in the in the modern world. But obviously now. Going back to the one that you asked me about specifically, which is the guardian angels. And this is the one which I kind of wanted to focus on this morning. Mm-hmm, okay. And in particular, the guardian angels, particularly for grandparents, yeah. because I think this is the one where you can have a word with the grandkids. Mm-hmm. And it's to remind them about their guardian angel. 
And what is the guardian angels? I suppose the guardian angels. Pope Francis kind of he he gave a reflection a couple of years ago on the feast of the guardian angels. He gave a homily, and the Pope was kind of he was reminding us that our guardian angels are there to encourage and guide us, so that we're not sluggish on the journey of life. And there's a lovely idea that you know um, that they are there in terms of people, angels who are set to accompany us and mind us on our journey. So you have that great prayer, O angel of God, angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here. So an angel that is set by God to walk with us and accompany us throughout our journey on, on earth. And then when we die, actually accompanies us onward then on the heavenly journey as we progress to the gates of heaven and onwards, hopefully to see the beatific vision. And it's it's just an interesting one as well, because Pope Francis reminds us that, you know, um, they're there, he said, kind of without the the guidance of the angels, men and women become settled in their ways and put their life on hold, like stagnant water was the analogy he used. And so sometimes our angels are there to encourage us kind of onwards in the journey, be that a journey in life, a journey in faith, whatever the case might be, because, um, you know, we then there's also... The idea that, uh, you know, he, he linked in the idea then that going back to the book of Exodus, where the angel of the Lord went before the people of Israel. So that yeah. whole idea that our guardian angel will walk with us. And those lovely images that you have of um, people and children being accompanied by their by their angel. And it's it's a it's a very common uh, image that's used, particularly for babies, um, yes. you know, yes. for children and, 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 and to be given. Then the Pope also reminded us that, you know, that um, guardian angels are like a compass for us, you know, in that they resemble us in certain ways and they help us to see where we should go. So we should always seek their intercession and ask for their prayers when we're trying to make decisions and, uh, in life in terms of guidance for discerning the way that we should go. You know, and we, you know, to be kind of, you know, to, to kind of listen, to be alert for their inspirations uh, that they come to us kind of in the in the murmurings of our heart, which, of course, always come from the Holy Spirit. And, you know, there's a great one. Actually, the Pope said, I would like to ask you all a question. Do you speak to your angel? Do you know the name of your angel? Do you listen to your angel? Do not let yourself be taken. Do you do you let yourself be taken by the hand along the path or pushed to move? And I thought it was an interesting one, actually, because the questions that he was asking, I personally would never have thought of it that way. No, uh, I would very much actually have associate, associated that actually with kind of more a new age approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's for us to rediscover this particular tradition within the faith. Um, you know, the angel is the daily door towards transcendent to the encounter with the father, Pope Francis said. The angel helps me walk along the path because he looks at the father who knows the way. Let us not forget this traveling companion. And I thought it was a lovely way, Especially lovely description. The idea, the, the idea about knowing your your own guardian angel's mm-hmm. name. Uh, I mean, I certainly never thought about that. I, I've heard of it, mm. but I never thought about it. Mean, what do I say? Uh, hello. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose it, it's no, different ways. It's yes. different ways. But if you think about it, I you know, sometimes uh, some of the best theologians in the world that I have come across are generally under the age of seven. Yes, yes. Because children have this innocence and openness to wonder 
about the world and wonder I put in the sense of wonder at you know that from the expression wonder and awe in the world uncontaminated by the world you know exactly you know that innocence that we all recognise in a child and they can ask the questions why is the sky blue why is God there where is God where is heaven you know those kind of questions you get and you're kind of scratching your head kind of going I can't answer those questions (laughs) and sometimes I often think of people I've known to whom they were kids they had their invisible friend you know and I like to think their invisible friend was their guardian angel Mm. you know that was there to help them along the way to get through a thing in life so for grandparents I suppose it was one thing I would say to to talk to your your grandchildren about their guardian angel to encourage them of course to pray uh, the great prayer of the guardian angel and you know that um, you know there's a great expression um, the dignity of the soul is so great that each has a guardian angel from its birth and I think, you know, we're not obligated to believe in the existence of guardian angels in particular, but, you know, it's a great tradition and uh, throughout, the, you know, that that we have. Yeah. Um, and that, that quote that I gave, the dignity of the soul is so great that each has a guardian angel from its birth is actually from St. Jerome. Um, you know, and it's 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 something just, just to think about. And it's something just as we enter into the winter, and as we're facing into this particular time at the moment with COVID, yeah. I hope you're all washing your hands, mm-hmm. keeping your social distance, mm-hmm. wearing your masks. Um, that, you know, <clears throat> but be no harm for us to seek the protection and guidance of our angels, um, you know, and to intercede for us before the throne of God to ask for their prayer, their prayers and protection. And I think it'd be beautiful now, just be, as we finish off this section, Shane, I know there's a piece of music here they have got lined up. But can you remind us again what the Pope said there in terms of, I know you'll be able to get it now in a few minutes because I'm, I'm really throwing an awful lot of stuff at you, but the Pope has some wonderful ways sometimes of helping us to connect in with various things. And so some of the questions that he asked us there, for instance, he said, you know, do you speak to your guardian angel? Do you know your guardian angel's name? So what he said was, um, I'd like to ask you all a question. Do you speak to your angel? Do you hmm. know the name of your angel? Do you listen to your angel? Do you let yourself be taken by the hand along the path or pushed to move? Um, <clears throat> he said he encouraged Christians to pray and speak to their guardian angel who is not only with us but also sees God the Father. The angel is the daily door towards transcendence to the encounter with the Father. And what he said then is the angel helps me walk along the path because he looks at the Father who knows the way. Let us not forget this traveling companion. Beautiful thoughts. And I said, there's a grandparent myself. That's something that I want to take on board myself. So I'll certainly look up that later on and, and, and try and just keep those little ideas in my mind, especially for the grandchildren. I think it's so confident. So maybe at this uh, point in the program, we might go for a piece of music to finish off this particular section. Shane picked a lovely piece of music now from John Michael Talbot. This one is entitled An Eagle's Wings. So join us again in part three, where we read and reflect on the gospel for this week. So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspiration, oh, Sacred Space, 102FM, a Come and See Inspirations production. Been produced in our Come and See studio here in Adam. My name is John Keeley, and thanks again to Shane for sharing that information for us. And Angels, I'm sure it's a, it's a topic we all like to dip into every now and again. So now with this part of the program is where we read and reflect on the Word of God. Before that, Shane will pray this prayer. We always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your Word. 
and send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it, let our eyes be closed and our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, true Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So the gospel for today, which of course again is the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken from the gospel of St. Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, listen to another parable. There was a man, a landowner, who planted a vineyard. He fenced it round, dug a wine press in it and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went abroad. When Vinci's time drew near, he went to his servants. He sent his servants to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his servants, thrashed one, killed another, and stoned a third. Next he sent some more servants, this time to a larger number, and they dealt with them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come on, let's kill him and take over his inheritance. So they seized him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? And they answered, He'll bring those wretches to a wretched end and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will deliver the produce to him when this season arrives. Jesus said to them, Have you ever read in the scriptures, it was a stone rejected by the builders that became the keystone. This was the Lord's doing. It's wonderful to see. I tell you then, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a people who will produce fruit. So that's the gospel for today, the 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. A little bit of uh, reflection that I picked up myself uh, today from, uh, actually it's from Sacred Space Living Space, it's the Jesuit website, and I thought it was a beautiful reflection, and I might just share just some of the thoughts on that this morning. This part, particularly, it was, it was entitled, this particular section, Call to the Lord's Vineyard. Today, we are God's people. We are tenants in the vineyard. Now he expects us to produce fruit, fruit that will endure. The obvious question for us to ask today is, how are we doing? How much, how much better are we than the chief priests and the elders and the scribes and the Pharisees? We're especially privileged by baptism to be called to work in the Lord's vineyard. Each week we're invited to gather together to hear the gospel message and to make it part of our lives. We are called to be members, active members of the body of Christ and the Christian community of the church. So what kind of grapes do we as a parish community produce? Are they sweet and luscious, or are they pinched or sour? Is our parish a real sign of Jesus' presence and love in this part of our city? What kind of an impact do we have? Our parish is the vineyard. It must not, it must not, it must not produce sour grapes that no one can eat. It must be open to the various ways the Lord speaks to it, whether those people are church leaders or prophetic voices, which may sometimes say things which are painful to hear. There's always a temptation for a parish to become a security blanket for those who do not want to face up to the challenges facing everyday society. 
When that happens, it tends to cling to the old, fixed ways of doing things and to resist change. People who propose changes that are necessary in serving a constantly changing society may be resisted, and resisted very strongly. Each parish can find itself producing a call of its chief priests and elders, who will make sure that prophetic voices and the people with real vision will be effectively blocked out. It's just as easy for us in these times to fail to recognise the voice of God in the messengers he sends us. Just as the Jewish authorities of Jesus' time failed to recognise the word of God in him. It was Cardinal Newman who said more than a hundred years ago, to live is to change, and to be perfect is to have changed often. So if we're not really making sure so if we're not really making sure that our vineyard produces rich f- grapes, not only for us but for others too to enjoy, then we're falling short as tenants. It may be it may it may well happen that the Lord may ask others to come and take our place. If our church was closed down, sold off, and turned into a dance hall, what real difference would it make to our district? Of course, we who come here regularly would miss it. But what of others who never step inside the church? Are we really concerned about the impact we impact? Or do we think more of our personal religious obligations and needs? Do we measure the quality of our parish by what's going on in its buildings or by what happens when we leave it? Obviously both are important, but they cannot be one without the other. I thought that lovely bit of reflection there that I picked up on sacred space, living space this morning. And just maybe to finish off with a little prayer, that I picked, I thought it was a nice one, uh, by um, my good friend um, Michael DeVert High this morning. And he says, Lord, we praise and we bless you for the gifts to us, a country with mountains and valleys, its rivers, its beaches, its trees and its animals, our homes and all our possessions, our families, children, spouses and parents, our friends and spiritual guides, the communities in which we work and pray, our talents and education we've received. Truly, you have planted a beautiful you, you have planted a beautiful vineyard, fenced it round, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And then you leased it to us. We thank you for that privilege of being tenants of your vineyard. For, forgive us, Lord, if we are resentful or angry when we experience our fragility, ill health, or signs of old age failure or ingratitude, criticism, especially when it's undeserved. Yet these are your servants that you send to remind us that we're only tenants in this world, and the season will soon arrive when we'll have to hand hand over that produce to you. Sobering thoughts there, Shane, I thought you know. Yeah, it's um, it is. We're entering in, I suppose, to the the last few weeks of the liturgical year, and um, the gospel this week kind of links in with that as well. Of course, um, Jesus is challenging, as you said, the the chief priests and the the scribes for their stewardship and guidance. That, of course, that they had given to the to the to the to the people of God, the, the Israelites. And of course, there is through this parable, of course, the question also very much comes for us, as you said, John, in terms of our own stewardship for the Lord's vineyard and our responsibility for what we have done or what we haven't done. Um, you know, it's 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 one of the things, I suppose, free will is is one of the great things that makes us human. 
Um, it's it's it carries with us a great mystery, I suppose, as well. Um, but you know that God gives that He will provides for us all we need to grow in salvation, and we but we are free to refuse Him. Um, you know, but at the same time, His love for us is guaranteed; it's indestructible. He tries again and again, and I suppose the gospel links back into that fact that you know all through the ages. You know, the, the messengers that were sent were the prophets and finally he sent his son. Um, you know, and it's it's a reminder to us that I suppose we are called always to turn back and to be aware and to be conscious, I suppose, that we are, uh, to quote that expression, I think it was from Pope Benedict XVI, workers in the vineyard of the Lord, mm-hmm. um, that we are called, you know, to, we have a baptismal calling, we have a responsibility as Christians who are who are taken into the body of Christ to share God's love in where we can in our daily lives. And that is the challenge that's presented to us and reminder to us that we will be held accountable for that. And sometimes I suppose the problem with that is that in, in days of uh, gone, uh, days past, that accountability might have been driven down people's throat a small bit in terms of um, hell and fire and damnation and so mm. forth. Now, that hasn't quite gone away, but how you say it to people and how you relate it to people and how you remind people that ultimately sometime, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but we'll have to have a conversation with God. You know, we'll probably mm-hmm. sit down and, and he'll probably ask you, well, what did you do and how did you do it? And what do you think of that? And, you know, and sometimes we'll, you know, we'll throw ourselves on divine mercy, but it's always a reminder to us that, you know, it's not just all one way traffic. Um, we do have responsibility as 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 baptized Christians to respond to that call as well. So I suppose it was just that was the kind of the thing that struck me, I suppose, John, um, about this, 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 this Sunday's gospel. So that's the end of this week's program. Now, one last thing just to go out on two things, actually. So first of all, um, just to say to people, October is also the month of the missions. So over the next three weeks, we are going to have um, programs are which are a um, series of interviews with a very interesting man, Father John Roach. He's a Kiltegan priest who recently returned home to Ireland after a number of years on the mission. And earlier in the summer, John and John, Father John and John had uh, had an interview, so um, it was rather a <laughs> protracted conversation. So we're so we're actually going to get about three weeks interview um, out with with Father John Roach. It's an interesting story. The man's had a quite interesting life overseas, so we look forward to that next week. And then to finalise, just to close out the program this week, as we were talking about the angels, John, I thought it might be a nice idea just to finish out on one of the prayers to Saint Michael the Archangel. Now, it's not the traditional one, which is the one that most people know, which is coming from the Leonine prayers, which were usually said at the end of Mass. It's a slightly different one. It comes from uh, the Michaelite Fathers. And I thought it was a nice one to use. And we'll finish up this week's programme. So for myself and John, uh, we're going to go out on our last piece of music as well, which is... Uh, I Am The Vine by John Michael Talbot. And just before we do that, with this final prayer to St. Michael. O glorious glorious Prince St. Michael, Chief and Commander of the Heavenly Hosts, Guardian of Souls, Vanquisher of Rebel Spirits, Servant in the House of the Divine King and our Admirable Guide, you who shine with superhuman virtue, deliver us from all evil, who turn to you with confidence and enable us by your gracious protection to serve God more and more faithfully every day. I thought it was an appropriate one to finish this week's programme, given the Gospel of the Day. So for myself and John on this week's programme, we'll wish you a great weekend. Uh, Keep safe, wash your hands, keep your distance and wear your masks. And we'll talk to you all next Sunday.
And you will never die.